safer sex. Intercourse. Condoms. Sexually transmitted infection. HIV. HIV. Sexual health. Treatment. Prevention. Sexual attraction. Sexually transmitted Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the podcast. My name's Tom and this is the Sydney Sexual Health Centre podcast where we talk about all things related to sexual health. In this edition of the podcast, we'll be taking a closer look at monkeypox with Dr. Katie Birkin. So even after one dose of the vaccine, it's very effective, um, but it is most effective if you have two doses of the vaccine 28 days apart. Then we'll be discussing the South East Sydney Local Health District monkeypox clinic response with Anna Gray. To get this system up and running and a smooth operation to see 250 people per day is, is really good effort. My first guest is Dr. Katie Burkett, a registrar here at SSHC. So welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Uh, can you tell me a bit about yourself and what interested you in working in sexual health? So I've been working in sexual health now for two years and I'm planning to go into general practice training when I finish working here. I've always found sexual health an interesting field um, within medicine and before this I spent a long time working in women's health as well. I really enjoy working with people from all different backgrounds including LGBTIQA plus people and those from other marginalised groups. Um, my role here I, I think is to support people to have a healthy, happy and safe sex life which is free from stigma so they feel comfortable coming in and getting tested and treated. I'm also really passionate about all aspects of preventative health and primary care so this is a really good fit for me here. Monkeypox is a new disease to Australia and it has been making headlines around the world. I asked Katie where did it come from? So monkeypox is a viral infection that causes a disease with symptoms that are similar but less severe than a really well-known virus called smallpox. While smallpox was actually eradicated 40 years ago, monkeypox is endemic, um, which means it occurs at low levels all the time in some Central African countries. Um, but everyone's seen the headlines recently um, that in May 2022, there's been an outbreak across about 90 different countries, particularly those in Europe and North America, where the virus is not usually found. And um, this is the first time that so many monkeypox cases and clusters have been reported in such a wide um, geographical area. And the WHO has declared it a global health emergency of international concern on the 23rd of July this year. So far, there have been 77,000 confirmed cases of monkeypox reported and at least 22 deaths um, from these non-endemic countries. And the current outbreak has mostly been amongst men who have sex with men, which is different to the typical transmission that occurs in Africa where it's just through close contact. These are some of the symptoms to watch out for here in Australia. So monkeypox can cause quite a wide range of signs and symptoms, and a lot of those signs and symptoms are non-specific, meaning that they can be similar to what you would get in other viruses or other illnesses. Um, so most people with the virus actually experience really mild symptoms, though some can develop more serious symptoms. And those who are usually at higher risk of uh, more severe illness, so people who are immunocompromised with conditions such as HIV or other um, immunocompromised people like pregnant people, children, elderly people, um, are likely to get the disease more severely than those who are not. In the current outbreak, the most common symptoms um, have included fever, headache, muscle aches and pains, back pain, low energy, and sometimes some swollen lymph nodes in the neck which is followed by or accompanied um, by the development of a rash and that rash may last for two or three weeks. 
And the rash typically affects the face, the palms of the hands, soles of the feet, the groin, genitals and or the anus, but can actually be found in any regions on the body. And the number of sores can range quite a lot from one to thousands. So it can be quite tricky to pick up and especially if you have a sore that's in a um, hard to visualize place like in your anus or in your vagina. And sores um, on the skin generally begin flat, but then they fill with liquid before they crust over, they dry up and then eventually they fall off and you get a new fresh layer of skin underneath. It's not usually a sexually transmitted illness, monkeypox, um, and generally it's just through close contact and hasn't usually affected LGBTIQ plus communities before now, which is why this has been such a change from, from what we've seen previously with monkeypox. And um, transmission of monkeypox is, as I said, with close contact with these rashes and blisters or sores on the skin. It can be through contact with body fluids, including respiratory droplets from coughing or sneezing, or even contaminated objects such as linen or towels. Um, and the current outbreak, as I said, is mostly involved, but not exclusively, men who have sex with men, and it's been transmitted um, in this population through intimate physical contact during sex. And one of the things that we've seen in this outbreak, which has been interesting, and I'm not sure if this is well characterized from the endemic cases that are seen in um, African countries, is that we're actually seeing monkeypox proctitis, which is inflammation in the, in the anus and the rectum. And that's um, similar to the, the symptoms that are experienced when you get an STI. Um, and that's been uh, one of the hallmark features that we've seen in a few cases here and often causes quite a bit of pain, um, but again, still resolves by itself for the most part. So a symptom to look out for. Yeah, absolutely. And it's something to consider if, if you've got other risk factors um, and you've got that as a symptom. It's um, still probably more likely to be another STI unless you've known to be a, a close contact or you've been overseas or you've got those other symptoms that we mentioned before. I mean, you mentioned there that it's mainly men who have sex with men who have been affected by monkeypox uh, in this most recent outbreak overseas and in Australia and Sydney here as well. Um, so have there been many cases here? Yeah, so look, most people aren't at risk of monkeypox um, and we've had a relatively low number of cases in Australia compared to overseas. Mm. Um, in Europe, the cases, and in North America, the cases have been much higher than what we've seen here in Australia. Um, and people who are at highest risk are the men who have sex with men and particularly those who've travelled to these outbreak areas, so where they've got high case numbers um, and most of the cases that we've seen in Australia have actually uh, been acquired overseas but we've had a limited number of local transmission cases in Australia um, and look the people who are most most at risk are obviously those who are sort of having the highest rates of contact so lots of sexual partners or attending large parties or sex on premises venues currently in Australia we've got 140 cases which are confirmed or probable um, and this includes 69 in Victoria, 54 in New South Wales, 7 in WA, 5 in Queensland, 3 in ACT and 2 in South Australia. Yeah, so I guess that's uh, true of when we're recording this, like just in late October in 2022. Have we diagnosed many cases here at Sydney Sexual Health Centre? And have these cases been sexually transmitted? 
Yeah, so we've had a few cases here at Sydney Sexual Health. We've had at least 10 in the clinic. Um, and to my knowledge, all of these have been sexually transmitted. Um, most of those cases have been really well and able to be managed at home without requiring um, intervention and they've gotten better by themselves okay. um, and had relatively mild symptoms. But a couple of people have had to have escalation of care to hospital. So how have patients found the experience of managing the symptoms and is there treatment available to help uh, if somebody's been exposed? So as I mentioned, symptoms generally go away on their own um, within two to four weeks with supportive care, such as sometimes people need some medication for pain or if they have a fever. Um, most people don't require any treatment in hospital unless they've got really severe symptoms um, or their pain can't be managed at home. Um, unfortunately, people do remain infectious while they've got those sores and until that fresh skin has healed underneath the sores, which means you do need to remain isolated for up to four weeks. But it's not as severe of an isolation as say for COVID. Um, it's because this isn't as easily transmissible. So you don't generally have to stay completely cooped up by yourself. You can still do some things. Um, and most people, as I said, are really well. So you're still able to have options there. Um, and there are some post-exposure prophylaxis options um, if people are a close contact of a confirmed monkeypox case. And that's through vaccination. So that reduces the transmission risk. And also, um, if given a little bit later, reduces the risk of having a severe outcome from the disease. Mm -hmm. So post-exposure prophylaxis should be considered as soon as possible after the first exposure to a confirmed case. Um, but vaccination within four days is um, the highest likelihood of preventing you getting the disease. But if you get vaccinated between four and 14 days, um, it's likely to reduce the severity of the disease. So it's still worth, um, if you find out that you're a, a close contact and you're not vaccinated, still worth contacting um, your local sexual health clinic or your GP to find out about post-exposure prophylaxis. There are now vaccines available for monkeypox. How effective are these and what have been some of the challenges with the vaccine supply? So we now have um, some vaccines, that's absolutely right. They're actually smallpox vaccines, but we know that they also provide protection against monkeypox virus because the two viruses are quite similar. So in New South Wales, we have a vaccine called Genios, which has very few side effects um, compared to previous smallpox vaccines. And it's safely used by all groups of people who are over the age of 18, including those who are immunocompromised or who have HIV, which makes it a really useful vaccine in this situation because obviously those are people who are at high risk. Um, so the vaccine supply is currently still limited because there's a global demand on the, and on the vaccine, as you can imagine. Um, but we're working hard in New South Wales to make sure that all of those who are at risk can receive the vaccine uh, in a timely manner. And those who are eligible for the vaccine are actually gay and bisexual men, whether you're cis or trans, um, and those who have multiple um, or casual sexual partners, anyone who has sex with these men, including women, cis and trans women, and non-binary people. And the vaccine actually involves two doses of um, the Genios vaccine given at least 28 days apart for maximum protection. And the vaccine's most effective two weeks after the second dose and you get 80% protection against monkeypox. Um, and the monkeypox vaccines are free um, and you can be vaccinated whether you have a Medicare card or not. Um, we've been really lucky with this vaccine rollout. I think we've learned a lot from COVID um, that we've been able to coordinate the vaccine effort pretty quickly and, and get mass vaccination hubs going. Um, there's been no serious adverse events at all from the vaccines and there's been a few mild adverse events, but really quite mild overall. So it's, it's a very safe vaccine. 
And New South Wales Health has actually been working with a few other organisations like ACON and SHIL to make sure that we can get vaccines to the people who need them. And we're working on getting the vaccines um, to the regional and rural areas because so far it's, it's mostly been in Sydney. Which I guess is where the outbreak has been so far. Yeah, absolutely. But anticipating that it may spread is important to get the vaccine going elsewhere as well. And what would your advice be to someone who may be concerned about monkeypox or, or concerned about getting the vaccine? So I think it's great that you're interested and take, you're taking steps to learn about monkeypox and educate yourself so you can protect yourself and protect others. Um, so it's important to recognise that who's at risk of monkeypox, um, in particular those groups that I mentioned before, so men who have sex with men, um, and take steps to prevent yourself getting monkeypox. Uh, so that includes getting vaccinated, also avoiding close contact with a person who is known to have monkeypox while they're infectious. Um, practicing good hygiene, monitoring for symptoms, especially if you've been overseas in a country where they've got higher case numbers of monkeypox, and also taking actions if you are exposed to the virus by contacting your GP or your local health sexual health clinic. Other ways that you can uh, try and prevent getting monkeypox is being careful around um, high-risk locations, so avoiding close contact with people at high-risk events where, say, there's less clothing worn or at a dance party, um, and even considering exchanging contact information with sexual partners, which may assist with contact tracing if in the future you became a monkeypox contact. Um, and for more information on this, if you have any more questions um, or any concerns on monkeypox and how to prevent it, have a look on the ACON website and the New South Wales Health website, or you can give Sheila a call. We've got heaps of info available. Yeah, and I'll include some of those links in the description of the podcast as well. Uh, so thank you very much for being on the podcast today. Great, thanks for having me. One of the biggest good news stories about the monkeypox outbreak was how quickly they were able to set up some vaccination hubs so that people could access what limited vaccines were available. I caught up with Anna Gray to find out how this happened behind the scenes. My next guest is Anna Gray, clinical nurse consultant here at Sydney Sexual Health Centre, who was instrumental in setting up the monkeypox vaccination clinic at the Albion Centre. So welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Tom. Thanks for having me again. Yeah, well, thanks for joining me on the podcast again. So last time you were here, we spoke about the Fibroscan Clinic and Hep B, though this time we're here to talk about monkeypox. So can you tell me about the vaccination clinic you helped to establish and who worked with you to get that up and running? Yeah, thanks. Um, so I'll start with a bit of kind of background, the monkeypox vaccination hub. Um, this was essentially a multi-centre collaboration uh, between Kirkton Road Centre, the Albion Street Clinic, uh, Stipu, HARP and Sydney Sexual Health Centre. I guess apart from those clinics, it's also important to give cre credit and recognition to the S100 prescribers and the GPs around this area who also aided in the vaccine rollout and the these high HIV load GPs um, played and continue to play an important role, I guess, in the prevention diagnosis of monkeypox. Um, ACON played a pivotal role in advertising um, as well as SWAP, really, uh, really helped in promoting the, the service mm -hmm. and getting people in who didn't feel comfortable answering the EOI system. So that was one of the feedback that we got from community organizations that some of the people who wanted to and were eligible to get the monkeypox vaccine 
didn't feel comfortable enough to um, put their name and some identifiable uh, information on the website. So really worked uh, closely with those partners to get them in and um, get them vaccinated in other means where they didn't have to provide the information. Uh, just very limited things that we, that we could use, which was not on the internet. And it was great seeing some of those photos of our community partners in their t-shirts and that sort of thing, like at the site itself, when testing was being offered. So having that uh, visual presence, I guess, was good for community members. Mm, yeah, absolutely. There were some early concerns about vaccine supply, but there has been a relatively swift response in establishing this and other vaccination hubs, uh, as we've discussed. So has the supply met the demand? Uh, for vaccines? Yes, um, so initially we did have some restrictions as to how many vaccines we were going to get. Um, the vaccine numbers were distributed to GPs and other centres as well, uh, but a bulk of it went to the Crown Street hub. With the limited amount of vaccines that we had, we had to be quite strategic in who should get it first in terms of the people who are most at risk. Um, so we prioritised those people and then the second round when we had more vaccines um, we were then able to open up to most of the other people who registered their interest. Now vaccine uh, supply demands a lot uh, better at the moment because the way we deliver the vaccine has changed. So before it was only subcutaneous, um, which meant that you could only get one dose from a vial. Now we're able to give it intradermally, meaning we can get five doses from a vial. So we've essentially five times our supply, um, which, is, which is amazing news. And I think that's working really, really well. There's no difference in the efficacy uh, of the two modes of um, delivery. Um, although some people who um, some people are eligible to only get the subcutaneous depending on their circumstance. So I suppose with that intradermal uh, vaccination, it does leave a bit of a mark for some people as well. Yes, it can. It can look like a kind of a prolonged mosquito bite, um, which can stick around for about a month, maybe. Um, for some people, that can be a bit stigmatizing if it's on their forearm, which is. Uh, visible to most people. We're going into summer, people are wearing t-shirts more. Um, we are now able to give that in the deltoid area, so upper arm, which is a little bit more covered and may not be as obvious to most people. Before we could start the, um, the vaccine hub, we actually needed first to have a system in which people could go online, register their interest, um, and with some basic screening questions, we could figure out who was most at risk and who could maybe potentially wait for second round. So in doing that, we actually need to be quite strategic in our approach because of the limited amount of vaccines. Um, so Heng Lu, our IT manager here at Sydney Sexual Health, who's really the hero of this story, I suppose, um, we were asked by Anna, our director, Anna McNulty, on I think it was Tuesday morning. She asked us, hey, do you have a system which can register people's interests in a secure way? Um, and then we could invite them for a vaccine later on. 
Um, and Hang thought about it for a bit and he said, yeah, I think we have an existing platform where we can, uh, we could use that system and develop a booking system eventually so people can booked in, get booked in and go to the Crown Street Hub. Um, this was on Tuesday morning and Hang had the vaccine uh, EOI system, the expression of interest system, up and running by Friday 7pm, which was a lot of work um, for him to do over a short period of time. And he got that up and running really, really quickly. And by Wednesday, the week after, we had our first booked people um, going through the hub. And I, I suppose like this is um, a, a very quick turnaround for, for the health system uh, in offering this Vax Help, which, which is Yeah, massive, massively quick turnaround. And I think it's a testament to the system Hong built, the SHU system, our EMR system, which is really flexible and able to adapt to certain scenarios, um, which probably wouldn't be able to do in other electronic medical record system. So that was, a, that was an excellent uh, turnaround for Hong, who did a great job to uh, get this running. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that was, I mean, the key players, We it's not just Hong and SSHC that did all the work. Um, it was led by Phil Reed, who was the captain of the ship. He made all the decisions and um, steered us in the right direction um, with his right-hand person, which was Sharon from KRC, uh, who did an excellent job. And a great credit, uh, all the credit goes out to, I guess, Albion Street Centre and all the people who worked there, um, who got the hub up and running and made sure it was running perfectly, and still is to this day. Um, so incredible work from everyone. And uh, a lot of the sexual health clinics, um, like Western Sydney, uh, chipped in in terms of uh, giving us some resources some of the nurses who came in and, and vaccinated people at the height of the clinic which was seeing about 250 people a day which is really good I mean it's not COVID mass vac vaccination numbers but to get this system up and running and smooth operation to see 250 people per day is, is really good effort so that was a real challenge, that communication, that message. And Akon did a really good job um, with that. Um, the day-to-day -day running, I would say, was pretty smooth. Um, in terms of IT issues, you know, we did make improvements uh, along the way. Uh, Hong and I worked really closely at the hub. And him being here, I would provide real-time feedback. Hey, we need this, and this could work a little bit better. Um, so that was uh, we were able to make those changes in real time, which really affected patient flow uh, for the good. And I think some of the feedback from the people who went through, one person uh, said to me as I was discharging them after their 15-minute stay, uh, he said this was really, really smooth, much better than the COVID. Uh, vaccine uh, experience and it was really easy from booking to coming in here it was really easy to talk to people and you know uh, um, that whole experience was really, really smooth and really nice so that was really nice for us and a great feedback yeah and a great uh, example of a multidisciplinary team working together uh, with clinicians and IT as well exactly yeah it's, uh, it was a really good experience You've been listening to the Sydney Sexual Health Centre podcast where we've been discussing monkeypox and the rapid rollout of the vaccine hub in the inner city of Sydney. 
To stay up to date with the latest information in sexual health, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. All the links are in the description. And if you like the podcast, please share and subscribe.